0: Alrighty, righty, grace, 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 grace. You know, it's not always the easiest term to define. There are so many facets and so many aspects to it. But I think we all know when we have been touched by grace because there's a feeling that goes along with it. There is a feeling of awe. There's a feeling of wonder at what just happened. And for me especially, there's a feeling of gratitude. It's like, thank you. Thank you to the divine for manifesting itself in this way, in this experience, and showing me in real ways just how much I am loved in my life. And if I were to choose one definition of what grace is, to me it would be a gift. It's a gift. It is something unexpected, something unplanned for, it's always perfect, and it's always exactly what I need, and when I need it. You know, I'm sure throughout my entire life, I was touched by many moments of grace, but I probably kind of wrote them off and dismissed them as, yeah, it's just coincidence, good luck in my life, certainly nothing, you know, divine in origin, that's for sure. And I can tell you when I consciously became aware of this energy called grace that was acting in my life. And it was just over 20 years ago, I would say, I was going through my divorce. Not to this man I'm married today, obviously. Um, and um, I was still living out in Burlington, west of Toronto, in the dream home that I had just moved into a few months earlier. And it was my dream home because, because it backed onto a forest. And Forest connected me eventually to the Bruce Trail. And those of you who know the Bruce Trail, it's a remarkable trail that you can walk all the way down to Niagara, Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake. And I loved being in that space, I loved the peace that it gave me. And the divorce. And the process of that divorce was what actually got me started down the spiritual path. And so I was reading all the spiritual texts of the time, Conversations with God and Celestine Prophecy and uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, what was popular then. And I remember one afternoon sitting uh, sitting in the living room and reading through the Celestine Prophecy. And I'm thinking... I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not getting it. You gotta think. This was 20 years ago. My mind is still very closed, very left brain. Very much, I gotta be able to see it to really believe it. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. And it's funny because one of the first insights of the Celestine prophecy is there is no coincidence. The fact that you're reading this is no coincidence. (laughs) That everything is synchronicity. That there is only meaningful coincidences that exist. That everything is divine and spiritual in nature. Everything is connected. I'm going. I really I, I want to believe this, I really want to believe it, but I don't know, uh, I'm not sure. And I remember think, sitting there and thinking, you know, if this all is true, and if everything really is divine in nature and connected, then I want to be able to see a deer, a deer, because all of my neighbors, ever since I had moved in, had been telling me about these deer that are always roaming the forest. And every time I've looked for a deer, I've never seen a deer. I've sat outside and never, in the hours that I've sat out there, found a deer or saw a deer. So I thought, if this is for real, well, then I want to see a deer. Okay? Of course, never expecting to see a deer. <laughs> and so I go and sit outside in, my, you know, in the backyard, and I'm just kind of looking out into the forest, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to see a deer. And of course, you know, of course you know what happens, right? (laughs) I hear a rustle off to the side, and I see first one deer, and then I see the second deer. (laughs) Both of them strolling, you know, very casually on the path, looking over at me every once in a while and then continuing down, looking over until they disappeared into the forest. So I didn't get just one deer, I got two. (laughs) In case I needed, you know, that hammer over (laughs) the head to get over, you know, that thick mind that just said, this is the way, synchronicity is the way that the divine communicates with you. There are no such things as random chance events in your life. And grace is the way that it will manifest when you actually believe that. And that particular there would be many more obviously uh, experiences since then, but that particular experience I remember vividly, because it would set me clearly on the path of the journey of connecting with spirit in every moment, and paying attention to all the synchronicities and to the signs and acting on them, as the means to be able to access grace. And I've also appreciated over time that grace is not a mental thing. The to be in grace is to be. To be guided by grace and to be in grace is to move the energy from the mind to the heart. Because you know what? The mind, it loves to plan. The mind loves control. It loves to organize. It loves to have all of the details. Why? Because it doesn't like the unknown. That's why it likes to control. But where do miracles and grace reside? They reside in the realm of the unknown, <laughs> the realm of the divine. That's where grace is. And so I think one of the wisest statements that have ever been made is that, the, and it's not made by me, it was the, that the greatest journey that you will ever take and the longest distance you will ever walk is those 18 inches from your mind to your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have found that to be so incredibly true. Now, I love, I love all things mindfulness. I think mindfulness is very important. But my personal spiritual practice has been about developing heartfulness. Heartfulness. How do I awaken the heart? How do I expand the light that is in my heart? How do I balance the, the masculine and the feminine, the will and the wisdom How do I balance that within me so that the Christ child, that love, that perfect light of the divine can be born and anchored in this body, in this temple that it has chosen for itself? How can I do that? Because the mind will continue to demand of your perfection. It will continue to demand to want to see order and perfection. But so long as we are in this place of the mind and the heart is not opened, then the heart cannot work its magic. Love cannot work its magic on your mind. And, you know, if you have been blessed with a life that is filled with nothing but love and compassion and wisdom, and if you have managed to transform all of your traumas, your pain, your suffering, if you've managed to transform all of that into wisdom, then in a way, for me, you have mastered your mind in the sense that you have helped your mind to elevate to elevate its interpretation of your life's events. Your mind has now given them meaning in a way that they couldn't have without love. And that could only have happened if love was entrenched in your heart first and that love was working to elevate your thoughts. That to me is the power of having love in the heart. When we focus on unfolding that light and that love in our hearts, when we allow ourselves to explore the true purpose, the highest purpose for which we are all here and to go act on that, to the best of our abilities, for our highest good, and the highest good of all, when we're able to do that, then that's when we unlock the magic. This is when miracles start to happen. This is when grace begins to guide our journeys. You know, um, I I feel very blessed in my life for the journey that I have taken and the continual unfolding that I feel happens is happening in my life, and it happens, I know, by the divine grace that is in my life. Just this week, as a matter of fact, I got a phone call from a very good friend of mine who asked me if I wanted to partner with her on this new business idea that she had. And it was a great idea, as a matter of fact, a wonderful business idea that would take advantage of her knowledge, my knowledge, and the more we talked about it, the more I saw, yeah, you know, this is something that could be really lucrative and something that could be very successful and attract a lot of people. We're making marketing plans on the phone. And, and the whole time I'm talking, though, my mind is really engaged, right? It's racing with ideas and all the things that we can do together. But the more I was speaking with her, the more that I felt myself detaching. I was detached. I was engaged mentally. But um, I wasn't feeling, like, super excited and really enthusiastic. My heart wasn't in it and I go "Why? why is that happening because this is like a really great idea and I can see this really working I didn't have the answer right away and so the afternoon went by we got into the evening Alberto says to me do you want to do you want to watch a movie tonight I said yeah sure okay and he pulled out this very old movie black and white called the reluctant saint has anyone heard of this The Reluctant Saint features a very young, I'm talking in his 30s, Ricardo Montalban, for those of you who know Ricardo Montalban. Very, very young. He's in his 30s. And it's based, they say, on the true story of a priest by the name of Don Giovanni of Cupertino, Italy. A young man who grows up in poverty, who was someone who had the physical body of an adult, but the mental capacity and the innocence and the purity and the joy of a child. So no matter how harshly people treated him and or mistreated him, he always managed to find the beauty. He always managed to find the grace. And the easiest way for his mother to deal with him, because she couldn't care for him, was to send him to a, um, to a monastery where he could become, he could work. There was no aspiration of him becoming a priest. And what could, I don't want to give the movie away, but in case you want to watch it, but what could only be described as grace and divine intervention, this simpleton becomes a fully fledged, fledged priest. And not because he had more knowledge or because he studied any more than anybody. He couldn't, he just could not retain information but because of the purity and the simplicity and the innocence that was in his heart. Those people who were studying for hours and writing big, long treatises on the nature of divinity, he explained from the perspective of a child. He was able to explain things so purely and so simply. And he came to whatever he was doing from the heart. Clearly, the, you know, the message was there, right? <laughs> the message was, was there. It's not about what it is that you are doing from the mind. Obviously, for this project, it was mentally very challenging and exciting. But I really wasn't coming at it from the heart. I wasn't asking, well, how is this project actually expanding consciousness? How is this project actually adding to the light and to the love that's in the world? How is this project even an expression of who I am and of my soul's journey on this earth? And I couldn't answer those questions in a positive way. And so as difficult as it was, <laughs> I actually called her, then, called her and said, no, I, I, won't be, uh, I won't be collaborating with you. And so as if to kind of, because, you know, you say no and there's still that little bit of a doubt, you know, I, am I doing the right thing? That night I had decided... That I would meditate before I went to bed, and before I meditated, actually, I, you know, I was in a very calm, very kind of uh, still place. I pulled out a tarot card, and one of the, the only tarot that I have beside my bed is actually called the Inner Child <laughs> Tarot uh, card cards, which are really beautiful cards. And when I pulled out a card, it was the number twelve. And those of you who know the tarot, it's the person who's upside down. They're hanging upside down. But in this particular inner child tarot, it shows the story. It tells the story of Jack and the beanstalk. And I'm sure you all know the story of Jack and the beanstalk, right? He climbs up. Again, the symbolism of it. Jack has to go to another dimension. He has to go to the realm of the unknown. He has to go into that world of expanded consciousness because that's where his treasure is. His treasure is not in the material world. His family's poor. His treasures are in the world of spirit, in that world of the unknown, in that world of grace. And his task was to go up, face the giant, face the fear, and bring the treasures of the spirit, which are infinite, and bring those treasures out into the world, which was a perfect connection to what I was going through in that moment. My treasures are not in the great plan that's going to make a lot of money. No. It's in connecting with that highest consciousness and bringing the treasures of that unknown into the world. That, for me, was the point of what that experience was about. And as part of my, um, as part of my um, stillness and being in that place of meditation, I also received a channeling, some words. And I'm not going to give you the whole, the whole long channeling, but I'll give you the piece that I feel is possibly most appropriate for where we are right now. And the words are, we celebrate and applaud every thought that is conceived in love, every feeling of compassion, every attempt, no matter how minimal it may seem, to choose from love, every inkling of an idea or an action or a belief or a word that is inspired by love. That is your true journey. That is your true destination. It is this inner awakening that is the only goal. The outer work, the outer projects, are the tools to demonstrate your inner connection. They are an expression of the highest within you if you allow them to be. Let connection guide you to your inspiration. Fear not the unknown. Fear is the domain of the lesser you The you that is crying out for security, for shelter from the storms. But true security will never be found in anything outside of you. Security can only come from the knowing, absolute and unfailing, that you are my beloved child, a child of God, one in whom I am well pleased, a child I cherish, and whose heart beats in mine, who I see and feel and embrace with every breath you are the light my light put your light in mine merge with me surrender to me feel the safety and the certainty of my embrace and know that I am ever with you not to be in that place of knowing of certainty unfailing that to me is grace. Thank you all so much.